Now we're ready when you are. All right. Thank you, Porter. Go to him. Um, welcome to the uh, Lawrence City Commission meeting for Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. Um, first, we will hear a little from Porter Arneal about what uh, kind of our setup is. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, everyone. I just have a few housekeeping items for this Zoom meeting tonight. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting unless you are speaking. The chat function for the meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating in the meeting, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Mayor Shipley. Thank you, Porter. Um, and so next we'll hear from um, Sherry Friedemann um, about some other items, including public comment. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, please remember, uh, sorry, commissioners and staff, please remember to state your name and title each time you speak. When a motion is made, the mayor will call on commissioners individually to provide their vote, <clears throat> then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. When the mayor calls for in-person public comment, individuals should raise their hand to indicate they wish to speak. Staff present will direct you to the podium to speak following social distancing and safety protocols. Please state your name before speaking and comments will be limited to three minutes. <clears throat> Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. The raise hand function may appear in different places on your Zoom menu, depending on the device you are using and which version of Zoom you have. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you're called on, please unmute and state your name. And again, comments will be limited to three minutes. I also wanna note that our timer has decided to count down three minutes instead of up. So when it is your turn, um, it will be counting down um, if that is helpful. So when it's at zero, you will be done. Um, and then I also want to, or you should wrap up your comments. I also want to um, mention that we have an executive session at the end of tonight's meeting. Uh, when the motion is made to recess into an ex to an executive session, the commission will leave this Zoom meeting and go into a separate Zoom meeting. When the time scheduled for the executive session has elapsed, the commission will return to this Zoom meeting and reconvene the regular scheduled meeting. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Sherry. Um, now we should probably take roll. Um, Vice Mayor Larson. Here. Commissioner Finkeldye. Here. Commissioner Littlejohn. Here. Commissioner Sellers. Present. Mayor Shipley, I am also here, Sherry. We got that part. Um, now let's move on to approve the agenda. The City Commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Um, is there anyone interested in changing the agenda or do they have a, anyone have a motion to approve? Ms. Commissioner Larson, I move to approve. 
the agenda. Commissioner Finkelai, second. Mayor Shipley, I have a first and second to approve the agenda. Vice Mayor Larson? Um, yes. Commissioner Finkelai? Aye. Commissioner Littlejohn? Aye. Commissioner Sellers? Aye. Mayor Shipley, aye. Thank you all. <clears throat> Next, we have a proclamation uh, to proclaim February 2022 as Black History Month. Give me a second here. Um, I uh, think we did have a speaker who was going to come this evening, but I think we're, there was a scheduling conflict. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it and then we'll see if there's any comments from um, commissioners. Um, Whereas in observance of Black History Month, the city of Lawrence recognizes African-Americans for their significant contribution to the shaping of our nation's identity and strengthening our country through unyielding commitment to family, community, and service. And whereas during Black History Month, which is recognized by many countries, we celebrate the countless achievements and long-lasting contributions made by African-Americans to our economic, cultural, and political development, and whereas the city of Lawrence is committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion as a fundamental characteristic of a healthy, vibrant, and thriving city, the presence and visibility of the Black and African-American community continues to enhance the quality of life in the city of Lawrence. And whereas the city of Lawrence recognizes the historical injustices faced by Black and African-American people through targeted racial discrimination and violence, which conflicts with our core mission and vision. And whereas the city of Lawrence continues its efforts towards becoming a more equitable and inclusive community in which all residents past, present and future are respected and recognized for their contributions. And whereas Black History Month calls our nation's attention to the continued need to recognize and combat racism and to build a community that lives up to our core values. And whereas the city of Lawrence is proud to honor the history and contributions of African-Americans in our community throughout our state and nation. Now, therefore, I, Courtney Shipley, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim the month of February 2022 as Black History Month. In the City of Lawrence, we, we encourage all our community to take this opportunity to reflect on the past and present achievements of the Black community as demonstrated by our overcoming systematic challenges. Let's all work too hard to ensure freedom, equity, and inclusion for all. Um, I just want to leave space here in case anyone has any comments that they would like to make, but no pressure. Mayor Shipley, this is Commissioner Sellers. I did want to just not have comments, but I wanted to leave us um, with a quote that I do believe is befitting for the climate that we're in right now, but also um, We'll speak to the proclamation that was shared um, this evening. And it's um, a quote from Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who is um, the author behind um, Black History Month um, and also the writer of The Miseducation of the Negro that came out in 1933. If no one has had the opportunity to read it, it is definitely um, um, history worth reading. But the quote for this evening that comes from Dr. Woodson is those who have no record of what their forebears have accomplished, lose the inspiration which comes from the teaching of biography and history. And so I, to me, Black History Month is not just relegating the history of the Black diaspora in this country to 28 days, 
but to give space for concentrated, um, intentional, meaningful um, celebration and uplifting of the accomplishments, ongoing accomplishments and blueprint that the Black community um, has built with the DNA of, of, of the Black diaspora within um, the fabric of our country. And so Black history is interwoven into all our history. Um, but I do challenge my fellow commissioners as well as my community to spend these next 28 days um, to be intentional about understanding um, a history that continues to build upon itself and to acclimate oneself to the contributions of their fellow brothers and sisters um, who have been at one point enslaved and continue to um, thrive and elevate themselves out of a out of a oppressed nation. So um, that would be my little nugget for this evening. Mayor Shipley, thank you so much for those comments. Any other comments? Well, thank you all <clears throat> very much. And let's move on to the consent agenda. All matters listed on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and will be approved by one motion. There will be no separate discussion on those items. If discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and will be considered separately. Members of the public wishing to speak to an item that has been pulled off the consent agenda will be limited to three minutes for comments. Um, are there any items that commissioners would like to remove at this time? Not seeing anything. Sherry, is there is there anyone there in the room who might want to remove something? Uh, no, no, Mayor. Okay. Mm. Uh, is there anyone online? Sherry, can you see anyone on Zoom who might want to remove something? Uh, no one has indicated they have an item to remove. I just want to leave another minute just to make sure. Uh, nope, no items to pull. Great. Okay, with that, I would entertain a motion to accept the consent agenda. This is Vice Mayor Larson. I move to approve the consent agenda. Mr. Finkeldial, second. I have a first and a second. Vice Mayor Larson. Aye. Commissioner Finkeldial. Aye. Commissioner Littlejohn. Aye. Commissioner Sellers. Aye. Mayor Shipley, aye. That passes five to zero. Um, thank you. <clears throat> uh, now we'll move on to public comment. The public is allowed to speak on items or issues that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. As a general practice, the commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Individuals should address all comments and questions to the commission. Each person will be limited to three minutes. Um, Sherry, is there anyone there in the in City Hall who's interested in speaking? Uh, yes, there is, Mayor. Something on the screen there. My name is Michael, LFK Accountability. I've been here a number of times recently to talk about trust and to talk about accountability for the police. Tonight, the conversation changes because the lawless arrogance of the Lawrence Police Department was documented by their own hands. Discussions were refused by Interim Chief Anthony Brixis, and Troy Squire tried to handle us instead. 
After Troy found out we weren't so easy to handle, Anthony gave him a pep talk and sent him back. The next week, we became criminals and their plan was disseminated to the rank and file. I've sent you the documents. The DA was even given a heads up that reports are on the way. These leaders thought they could get away with calling us stalkers and seeking a protection order against citizens. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't hate the police. I hate their criminal arrogance and the behavior. We asked for a meeting to discuss the problems on the street. They refused and they called us stalkers. If they had their way about it, we would have been arrested. And they even tried to involve the sheriff's department. And I don't even think the sheriff's department knew what was going on. I'm not giving you my words each week. I've shown you the proof from their own records. And I'm gonna show you more. 42 United States Code 1985 is a conspiracy to interfere with civil rights. Two or more persons conspiring for the purpose of depriving equal privileges and immunities under the laws. Two or more. This was a department-wide effort. And there's no doubt. For the last year, all I've been showing you are acts in furtherance of this conspiracy. We have Sergeant Burns threats and intimidation tactics in front of the law enforcement center. Major Squire's sarcastic dismissiveness of complaints. The only thing I have left to discover is Lauren Summers' connection to all this as the prosecutor. They came after someone they thought was easy to handle and got it wrong. That was their mistake. All I'm doing is responding to it. And you wanna know why I took this on knowing the risks? It's because too many other people don't or can't or won't stand up and fight for themselves. And it emboldens the police to do it over and over and over again. Until you hold this department accountable, the things I've shown will keep happening over and over again. And I'll be back here every week exposing it three minutes at a time. Thank you, Sherry. Anyone else? I'm not here um, in City Hall and we're checking online now. We're on Zoom. Uh, no one on Zoom. Oh, okay. I didn't expect that, sorry. <laughs> um, in that case, um, we can move on to our regular agenda item. <clears throat> Consider authorizing a three-year extension for the Catalyst Incentive Program for Industrial Development to April 1st, 2025. And I can't see her, but I presume Britt Cromcano will be here to speak with us. Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. This is Brooke Cromcano with the, I'm the city's economic development director. Um, I'm not sure if I'm showing up, but my video is on. Um, tonight, I want to talk with you about the Catalyst uh, Incentive Program and uh, for your consideration is um, in 2017, the city adopted a new proactive prescriptive incentive package called the Catalyst Incentive Program for Industrial Development. This was very new for the city. We had never done a proactive um, 
incentive program. We, uh, in the past, always had waited for projects to come to us, and then we decided if we wanted them. And, and this was a, a change for us. This was a chance for us to dictate kind of what we wanted and to drive the momentum towards that. Um, we were also having trouble filling Venture Park. It was finished, and we'd spent several years trying to get a first tenant, but with no luck. Um, so what I'd like to do before you consider this extension is just kind of go over and recap some of the highlights of this program. And then um, I'll take questions at the end of my presentation. This should be very brief. So I'm going to start by sharing my screen. Okay, so the Catalyst program is it's a special assistance program. It is just for industrial projects within Lawrence. It has to meet certain eligibility requirements. That's the prescriptive uh, component of it. It offers streamlined approval uh, in, in um, with our other incentives. It typically takes a lot longer to process. Uh, the request has to go to our public incentives review committee, also known as PERC for their input, and then it comes back to the commission for consideration. Uh, this particular program, it goes directly to the city commission for their um, consideration. So it does offer streamlined approval process. It can speed that approval process by many weeks. And again, participation is granted directly by the city commission. So a little bit of history on this uh, program. We started it, of course, April of 2017. Um, we started it primarily to help us fill the um, business park, Lawrence Venture Park, which as I mentioned earlier, we were having trouble filling. And we also made it appropriate for East Hills Business Park. Uh, the program was extended uh, later on to include projects that were zoned industrial general or IG within the Lawrence city boundaries. Um, there was a 25,000 square foot minimum for new building construction added at that time. The program was uh, off to a good start. It got renewed again in 2019. Um, in 20, also in that year, later on that year, um, the standard beverage catalyst uh, request was getting ready to go forward. And there was some confusion about the definition of the term expansion. So we went and clarified that an expansion can be attached to an existing building or separate from an existing building. And then of course the program will sunset this April unless the city commission decides to renew it. Here's what the package basically is. It's a 10 year property tax abatement at either a 50% or 70% abatement level. Um, projects can earn the 70% if they build the project to lead silver equivalency. They don't have to certify it to the lead organization, but they do have to meet all the requirements um, as if they were going to certify it. Uh, they can get an IRB sales tax exemption on project construction materials. If, it, if the land is in Lawrence Venture Park or East Hills Business Park, it can be provided at no cost. Um, the state uh, provides a property tax exemption on machinery and equipment. Um, that's also part of this whole package. And then our fees for IRB uh, applications as well as origination fees are waived by the city. So uh, in ge general, that is the package. Here's the current requirements, and it depends on where they're going to build. 
you can see that the lowest requirement for um, building size is 15,000 foot uh, expansion in East Hills Business Park. Um, and the highest uh, threshold is the um, new construction building of 75,000 square feet in Lawrence Venture Park. Uh, minimum capital investments were included um, in one of the tweaks to the program. And it ranges from anywhere from a million dollars in capital investment on up to $5 million in capital investment, depending on the type of project and where it's being built at. Here's how the projects have performed. Right now, we currently have seven approved projects. Not all of them have started their abatement yet, but they have been approved. Um, the additional industrial space is significant. We've added all a little under of a million square feet of industrial square uh, industrial space. We were at such a shortage before this program came on board. So it's really, really helped with that. Uh, capital investment is approximately um, $83 million in capital investment. The special assessments and the interest that has been offloaded from the city uh, of the projects that have been approved is estimated at about 2.26 million. Uh, I do wanna let you know that we do collect some job information, usually at the very uh, beginning of a request, um, but we do, job, job creation is not part of this package requirement and therefore we do not require the companies to report their job creation. So these jobs that are supported are simply estimated based on their initial applications. And uh, I guess that wraps up my um, presentation. So let me stop sharing that. So basically in staff's opinion, this has been one of our most successful economic development programs. It's added uh, much needed industrial space, jobs, capital investment, and tax revenues. It promotes commercial and industrial uh, capital investment and development. And that's one of our most efficient ways to grow our local tax base. Um, since the catalyst projects only receive a partial abatement during the abatement period, they're still bringing in a lot more tax revenue compared to if the project had not developed, if the lot had remained vacant. And then after that tax abatement period, which in the state of Kansas is 10 years, the projects are fully on the tax rolls and they're on the tax rolls with a very substantially higher value than the land was prior to development. So this is a great way of growing a basically a long-term investment in our community. It's got the added benefit of offloading the city of special assessments that we've had to carry. And the job creation, although uh, unreported, it adds to our economic diversity and our career options. Uh, so that really concludes my, my recap. Uh, at this time, I would be happy to take any questions. Mayor Shipley, are there any questions for Brett? Mayor Shipley. Go ahead. This is Commissioner Sellers. Um, I had a couple of questions for Britt, um, evening Britt. You had mentioned in your presentation that um, none of the current partners and none of the current participants in the Catalyst program have started their abatement, but I know in the notes, there were a couple that said the start was 2019. So have those two not started their abatement? 
Yep. All of them have been approved. Only a couple of them have started their abatements. I believe it's the Plasticon uh, expansion and the Van Trust phase one. In the Van Trust, okay. And so what is the, this is Commissioner Sellers again. So what is the mechanism that starts them on their abatement? That starts typically, their abatement time clock? It typically is written into a development agreement and it, it oftentimes uh, will tie directly to the industrial revenue bonds. Uh, typically it is the first full tax year after the project is completed. I have one more question, but I'll yield the floor to another commissioner. Thank you, Britt. Yeah, this is Vice Mayor Larson. Um, Britt, can you tell me how many more lots are still available out there? Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Larson, this is Britt Crumkano, Economic Development Director. Um, I believe we have we have the Van Trust Phase 3 lots. There's four lots in that group. We've got a couple of lots along 24. Uh, 3rd Street that are not yet under contract. We've got the big lot. Um, um, it's 70 some acres. That one is not under contract. And then we have a few additional scattered lots throughout that are um, kind of shared between East Hills Business Park and Lawrence Venture Park. Smaller lots. Those are not under contract. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bert. I got um, uh, Vice Mayor Larson, and I do have one more question for you. You had indicated in your memo that um, we are, as far as our special assessment fees go, we are collecting $2.26 million. Do, does anybody know what we have left on those assessments? I know at one time at the beginning it was about um, almost $10 million. Does anybody know where we're at with that? Rick Crumcano, Economic Development Director. I do not know Commissioner Larson. I usually only have, uh, I'm only privy to that information kind of on the back end as those lots get um, purchased or transferred. Okay, thank you. Is there anybody else who might know? This is Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. I don't have that information right off the top, uh, Vice Mayor, but we'd be happy to follow up and provide you a report on that. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Diane. Appreciate that. That's all the questions I had. Uh, anyone else? Other commissioners? Mayor Shipley, this is Commissioner Sellers. I had maybe one or two more questions for Britt. Um, in the presentation, you talked about the, um, the abatement is typically at 50% or 70 if a project build is lead equivalent. And so you said that they usually just have to meet the standards, but they don't necessarily have to be certified. Is there a cost barrier to becoming certified? Or is there a reason why we don't require them to be certified, but we want them to at least follow adjacent to it? Yes, Commissioner Sellers, this is Burke Cromkino, Economic Development Director. Yes, the LEED certification process can be very lengthy and it can be very costly. They usually have to bring in uh, specialized experts to get them through that. And a lot of companies just decide not to go down that route. It's kind of one of the downfalls of the LEAD program. Uh, for us, we require them uh, to have their uh, head architect submit to us the actual LEAD scorecard um, that they would have used if they were to certify, showing how many points that the project has earned 
and if it would qualify for enough points to earn the silver equivalency. And then we have uh, the architect send us a, a verification letter. So that's all we do. It's very inexpensive, but at least um, it gives us some security that they have um, met those lead equivalency standards. Thank you, Brett. And this is Commissioner Sellers again. So there is there a need for that equivalency? Is it something that needs to be renewed? So once someone is, if someone was to go to the certification process and their lead certified, is there a renewal process? Or is it once you have been designated as a, you know, silver equivalent, then that is essentially like a stamp of approval? Uh, Britt Comcano, Economic Development Director. To actually certify through the lead process through the lead organization, the Green Building Council, that is a very rigorous program that probably takes, I'd say, at least a year to get through. Um, and I believe once they have certified, they are certified. Uh, for us, again, we just do a more simplified version of that, and that is all we require. So we don't have to have them um, recertify or resend us any additional information. Basically, because what we're, we're trying to do is check off the points, the construction points that they would have earned for LEED Silver certification. This is Commissioner Sellers. Thank you for that clarification. This is Vice. Go ahead. You might this have answered what I was going to ask. So. <laughs> This is Vice Mayor Larson and um, Commissioner Sellers. I, I will tell you the history, a little bit of history there, and that is when we um, first passed that catalyst program, it was very intentional that we did not um, require the certification because at that time we were um, told that the certification could be anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand dollars to get certified. So our uh, thinking on that at the time was we'd rather have them put the money in the building to do the energy efficiencies rather than um, spend it on a certification. So. Commissioner Sellers, thank you for that history. Uh, Mayor Shipley, and I, I, maybe you know this too because I know you're kind of an expert in this, um, Vice Mayor. I was speaking to a kind of a sustainability person, and they were saying that if you do get the pay for the certification, that you do get reviewed at some intervals, and they'll tell you new things that you could be doing. And I don't know, I that's just someone someone told me recently, so I didn't know um, if that was accurate. Does that seem right to you? That's my understanding, yeah, is you, you have the, op the option to do that, but again, that again costs you money, so. <laughs> Thank you, um, any other uh, questions or, okay. Let's go ahead and see if there's any public comment. Uh, Mayor, there's no one here in the room, and it doesn't look like there's anyone online who wants to provide comment on this. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve Kelly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Quite all right. Steve Kelly, Lawrence Chamber, uh, here to speak uh, as a proponent or in favor of, of action by the commission to extend the uh, Catalyst Incentive Program. Mayor Shipley, members of the commission. In April of 2017, the Lawrence City Commission enacted the Catalyst Incentive Program after considerable study and discussion. This program is intended to encourage development of Lawrence industrial properties and first came to the commission as a proposal to encourage development of activity specifically in Lawrence Venture Park and East Hills Business Park. 
Ultimately, the program was expanded to include industrial properties throughout the community that meet certain zoning and siting and size requirements. The initial success of Catalyst led to the extension in, in, in its extension in 2019 for a period of three years. And in those three years, Catalyst has been the program of choice for major industrial expansions and business location projects in this community. The program is set to expire on April 2nd, and we are urging your support for extension of Catalyst for an additional three-year period. Catalyst as designed is intended to address concerns which are significant in any sort of development project. One being the relative certainty of clearly defined and stated benefits, with, with the second being a streamlining of process and procedure to allow for a more timely and predictable approval process. Both of these are critical issues for development, and Catalyst in large part delivers those desired attributes providing the level of certainty necessary to mitigate risk and encourage the deployment of capital. And if I could say just a, a, a go a little bit off script, one of the other things I think that Catalyst has been very important and, and I'd say invaluable in is encouraging development and, and, and getting looks from the development community. Uh, without Catalyst, I'm very certain that, that the, uh, the initial spec building that Vantrust built would not be there. And that opened up a whole world for us. It, it was a property that that drew attention, that got looks, uh, and I think you can certainly look at the trend. You know, we went from a park that had had no real no no real action for a number of years to a park that's had considerable activity. Um, and as as Vice Mayor Larson was checking on lots, there are a couple of those lots I think that are probably in the not too distant future going to be off the market as well. And I think Catalyst, the involvement. Of, of Van Trust have, have directly led to a lot of the activity that we've seen there. So it's been very positive in that way. City staff have provided information relative to program results, and those results have been impressive. With significant investment in new industrial space occurring over the three-year period of Catalyst extension. This is investment that creates new industrial space and a place for new companies to become established, as well as providing space for existing companies to expand keeping their operations in our community and growing employment opportunities for our neighbors. This investment is significant for our tax base as well, as property tax or on industrial property is taxed at a much higher rate than residential development. Investment like that, which is occurring, is good for business, is good for the community, and it's good for the people who want jobs and to work in Lawrence, the community they choose to call home. Since its enactment, the Catalyst Program has certainly lived up to its name sparking growth in investment and job creation in Lawrence Venture Park, East Hills Business Park, and elsewhere in the community. Hi. Thank you for your attention and for your consideration of our request to, to quickly and, and expediently uh, extend the Catalyst program for the, for the requested three years. Thank you. Mayor Shipley, thank you, Steve. Is there anyone else sharing that I'm not seeing? Uh, no, there is not. Great, Mayor Shipley. <clears throat> I want to bring it back to us, but I, I kind of want to have uh, ask a question. I so the job creation or the the um, the there's no requirement to report the job creation, although everyone kindly has, as I understand so far. And when I look at this, and when I've looked at some things in the past, I, you know, it, just at the surface looking at it, the disparity between three jobs and 281 jobs is kind of large. So I wondered, 
if I might ask uh, Commissioner Finkeldive, do you have, you know, when you've looked at these in the past or when you look at this, do you feel like we should reconsider um, maybe just a, a very low bar or threshold for jobs when we consider this? Commissioner Finkeldive, you know, I think that the big disparity there typically has to do with, um, well, it has two possibilities. One is if it's an expansion. So for like, for example, Standard Beverage hasn't added as many jobs, but they've built a brand new facility that will allow them to retain jobs for a, a long period of time. And they have a significant number of jobs, but this allowed them to update their facility without ever losing you know, any business, you know, days down or whatever, and in our location. And um, I'd also say, obviously, some warehousing and, and, you know, like the Berry Plastics, which is not part of the Catalyst program, but it has a large warehouse, you know, on off I-70, and it's a warehousing op opportunity. It does not have, have as many jobs, um, but it, again, supports something like Berry Plastics. So, again, I think those are examples of, of how if you if you made a job requirement in of itself, um, that is not always the, the full picture that we're trying to, to get to. But looks like maybe Diane turned her camera on if she wanted to add add something to that. Well, thank you, Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. I just thought I would add that when we did create this, one of the items that we um, we created it for specifically, which I believe that um, Mr. Kelly mentioned was for speculative development. So that was um, in the case where there was a desired developer that wanted to do a spec building in Lawrence um, for industrial space. But and so by the, its very nature, they didn't know at the time what the job creation would be. And so part of the, the response to the program and, and sort of why we um, built it originally with no um, specific requirement for jobs was to enable uh, that kind of speculative um, development to be able to occur. So I just thought I would provide a little bit more context about that. Mayor Shibley, uh, Steve, why don't you let me ask you a question? <laughs> okay. Steve, uh, what is your, your experience of what Diane just said? Steve Kelly, Lawrence Chamber. Uh, I actually was going to speak to some degree on that topic, and and also maybe in 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 some at some level, kind of explain the and you you know you brought attention or you, or you noticed the or mentioned the three jobs. Part of that is the building that that is occurring in is the spec building, and it isn't full yet. Uh, you know there have been some temporary users, uh, but it that building is not full, so. You know, it's kind of one of those where we have not reached the full magnitude of what that building's employment will be because it's, you know, for whatever reason, uh, while we've had other developments of, you know, with certainly with pretzels and U.S. engineering that have moved pretty quickly and are going to be big employers, that one has has kind of languished in terms of, of occupancy. Uh, that's not what the long-term future will be for it, but, you know, it's it's had basically a temporary user uh, for just a portion of the building. But my understanding is that there's a pretty good, a couple of pretty good prospects that could change that in the not too distant future. Uh, I can't guarantee what the way, uh, what the employment level would be because if they're warehousing opportunities, they will not be employers at the level 
as like a pretzels, which is a manufacturing processing operation. But I would certainly think that as that building fills up, uh, that that would certainly change the employment picture overall. Um, so, and, and Diane was correct. It was really designed um, at the outset to try to get something going. And part of that was to, we didn't know what who the tenant would be or who the client prospect would be. And this gave us the ability to get that, that first building going, which has been, as I said, the catalyst for a lot of the other activity. But, but thank you for the opportunity to comment. Um, Mayor Shipley, um, I, I think, I, I don't know that it's entirely clear to everyone in the public that that, spe that speculative building is um, in their interest. Um, I don't want to belabor that, but I do just want to say, as someone who represents a lot of people out there, that is up for discussion to them. Um, I don't want to suggest that I'm not going to um, support this, but I, I, I am appreciative that the people that report the jobs, that's very kind of them, but I also would like to keep track of if new ones um, do come in, those would be good things to know and we don't require them to report that. Um, so again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting I don't support this, but I think there maybe could be some things we could continue to report on that would show us that it's working um, as those changes happen. That might be nice. I don't know, do any other um, commissioners have feelings about that? Commissioner Finkelgeib, um, I mean, I certainly think, you know, those are, that's some good information to have. As I would say, you know, I do think if we were going to do that, we would want to, um, you know, the more useful number is the combination. I mean, Standard Beverage says 16 jobs. Well, Standard Beverage employs 140 people or something. Plasticon says just, a, you know, not that many jobs that were added, but Plasticon has a whole lot of employees. So if you were going to ask that question, I think it would be not only who's in that particular building, but how many total employees does that entity um, employ. I do think that's, you know, important. And again, the reason I think this starts to get complicated, you, you know, there could be situations, for example, where you have um, supporting businesses. So you might have a manufacturer and then you have a completely separate entity that distributes for them. And again, that you might not be able to say that, well, these people work for the same company, but they're there because of the other company. And so again, it's, you know, just looking at the job numbers does not always reveal the importance of that particular entity. Like I said, if the Berry Plastics Warehouse was a separate operation, um, but it supported Berry Plastics, that's a very important, you know, fact. So again, I think it's kind of hard to, uh, um, get, you know, get some of those numbers to get that very accurate representation. But I, I would also say two things. I mean, one, the, I think the thing that's most important about the Catalyst program is um, what Britt said earlier, which is it's prescriptive and it's proactive, but really the prescriptive part, because, you know, lots of these projects all have site selectors and they all have people working for them and they're scouring the country scouring the Midwest in some situations, scouring the country in other situations, and they're looking at places they might locate. And, you know, one of the things they often look for is, is there an incentive process? And what is that incentive process? And what, what's available? 
And when our process just said, we have one, come ask, and you compared us to other places where they could see exactly what was on the table, you know, we don't know how many projects never even looked at Lawrence because they couldn't tell what was available to them. So having that prescriptive nature of it allows someone to to know exactly what's available to them. And I think we get more looks um, than we would otherwise. So I think that's a important part of having the Catalyst program. Um, and then, you know, I guess the other thing I'd say to that is, you know, filling Venture Park and filling um, East Hills with those specials is, is important. And so again, focusing on that IG land is important. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm excited about the Catalyst program and, and I think it I think it has shown its worth and I think it's something we should continue. Mayor Shipley, thank you. I would also add, you know, my feelings about this are different today after two years of COVID than they were so, for example, I look at this and I, and I know for a fact that two of these are hiring, desperately trying to hire. I'm constantly advertising. So they want to be hiring, um, but the um, hiring patterns have changed. And um, so, like I said, my, my feelings about this have evolved so much because, uh, somewhat because, well, what if, what if we had had some kind of threshold there and try as they might, are unable to to get the people in those spaces, even if they're functioning fine. Are there any other thoughts from commissioners on 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 job creation as far as Catalyst is concerned? Uh, Commissioner Littlejohn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I one the one aspect of what you said that you know has you know definitely piqued my interest in is maybe if there was some sort of specification and review process to differentiate. Uh, an addition or a renovation as opposed to new building. Because um, uh, I think that might make a difference in terms of uh, numbers and reporting. Um, but overall, I'm, this is, I, I'm highly in favor of it because of what, you know, Commissioner Finkeldye said and Commissioner Larson has spoke to, and also just the fact that it gives us variation in the job market um, that, you know, makes us a little bit more flexible and, and more marketable to anyone and everyone in our surrounding area. So um, I, I think this is a huge benefit to the community. Vice Mayor, I'm curious, because you've worked on this longer than anybody else. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you've, you've seen the change. There's been a few changes that Britt showed us. How, what it, how's your feeling about the way it's changed? Well, I can tell you this when, you know, when we were first discussing it, that the jobs aspect of it was definitely um, was in the mix as far as discussions go and concerns because um, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. And Venture Park had set vacant for since um, we took it over in 2010. So it has set vacant for many, many years and the city invested, 10, I believe it was almost $10 million worth of infrastructure that, that was on the taxpayer's role uh, we were having to pay. Um, and so this program that was brought forth and I'm gonna give credit where it's due on this. This is Diane Stoddard's brainchild. So I wanna give her all the credit that she's due on this. And when this program was brought forward and we actually passed it, the, it was within a few months that we started getting applications and interest um, in, in getting that park filled. Um, so I have no doubt 
that that the catalyst program is what is why we have eighty three million dollars worth of capital investment out there right now, or, or I should say, in this program right now. Uh, and so I am a strong believer in it. And it would be great to get more jobs, obviously. Um, but this is also manufacturing, and a lot of these, several of these, are warehousing expansions on warehouses. So um, I would agree with uh, Commissioner uh, Finkeldie um, that sometimes those don't come with a, a lot of jobs. Um, but it does bring with it um, uh, valuation on our properties. And eventually those that $83 million will turn into some tax dollars. And so I think that's really important to understand. And then we'll also be able to um, get help paying off that $10 million worth of infrastructure that, um, that um, we invested out there. So uh, it's a great program. I want to see it continue. Um, I think something we need to start thinking about going forward is that we need another industrial park. We are about out of space here and it's gonna be vital that we get something soon because these take these take time to get done and um, there's a lot of growth out there right now. So I would strongly recommend that we put that at one of our top of our lists is get some more industrial property. Commissioner Sellers, do you have any thoughts? I, I, I may have some. Some, some parting thoughts here. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with um, with uh, the sentiments of the commissioners. I I do believe that the Catalyst program is something that is going to continue to elevate our community, um, to make us marketable to um, for manufacturing jobs or large scale, whether they're large scale small business. Um, jobs and even higher. Um, it, it puts us in a position to, to really market our community. And I, I think the timing couldn't be more impeccable. Um, for those who are following the legislature, you know, we have, um, we have SB 347, which is that big apex bill that has that, you know, we're our legislators are are debating right now that could potentially bring four billion dollars, you know, into our community, into our state. And I think one of the the key talking points from those discussions is that without this type of incentive plan, how many times does our state stand to be passed by for opportunities like this? And so having the catalyst program, um, keeps us, you know, on the market. It keeps us in the game and puts us on offense and not so much on defense, if I can use a little bit of a sport analogy there, so that we can say we have these incentive programs. We can speak to what Vice Mayor Larson talked about, that we, we're building out our, our industrial parks. Um, it speaks to what Diane and what Brad, what Mr. Kelly brought up about us being able to have um, land for spec building so that we can um, entice companies to come to our community so that we can balance out um, that tax line from residential to commercial so that we're maximizing our commercial tax because um, we know that that is, we're currently at an imbalance with that and so that we can continue to offer the services um, and the amenities um, in our community that we've come to love, but we have to be able to balance that out. And the Catalyst program gives us that opportunity. So 
Um, you know, maybe it's the legislature guys from Topeka sprinkling a little bit, which they've been sprinkling a lot our way. Um, but in this case, this is an opportunity for us to um, continue a program that can only keep us in the market and be competitive so that we can, we can, we can, you know, continue to build and flourish. So companies can build and flourish in our community. So I'm, I'm on board with the, the and, and reevaluate, re-upping um, this program. And thank you, Diane, for being the brainchild behind this and, 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 and giving the, us this tool to have at our, at our disposal to utilize, so. Thank you, um, Mayor Shipley. So I, I hear broad support and I'll, uh, let's go ahead and do a motion here in a second, but I do wanna be sure in addition to the comment that the vice mayor made about needing to look forward to other industrial spaces, which I know um, staff and other partners are already working on. Is there anything we'd like to see change about this? As Britt pointed out, there's been some additions and changes we made to this um, that actually expanded it in some ways. Is there anything we wanna look forward to now that now while we're talking about it um, that we might wanna ask staff to look at in the future, not now, we'll, we'll let's do this now, but if there's something we think in the future that could, um, that we could change or augment that might make it more helpful or um, I just wanted to make sure while we're here having the conversation, if there's any direction that we wanna to give to staff to look in towards this in the future, we, we don't have any ideas right now. Anything? This is Commissioner Sowers. The only question I have was in, in between the 50-70 split. I don't want to, I guess, excuse my my ignorance of the of, in this area, but is that a standard norm? Is that the industry average that you know you have a 50% tax, you know, abatement to a 70%? to the 70 incentive, is that usually a 20% difference? Or is that something that most communities who have similar programs, does that make us competitive? I guess the bottom line is what I'm getting to is does that 50, 70 incentive on the lead make us competitive or at least make us comparable to what we see with similar programs as such? And I don't know if Brett or Diane could answer that. Rick Cremcano, Economic Development Director. Um, we, when we came up with this program, we really didn't look at other communities and what they were doing. So there really is no standard that we used as a barometer to, to start this program. The 50% is the, um, the, the threshold in a regular uh, property tax abatement. So that seemed to work very well as the lower end. And then uh, the 70%, I think, I'm not sure how that was decided on, but um, I think the, the additional lead silver um, equivalency criteria that if they met that, it just was felt that that, that deserved an additional 20%. And yet it's still, Either way, we still get more tax revenues during the abatement period than we would have if the project had not proceeded. So um, that's also, um, uh, you know, something to remember that even even with unless we offer 100%, we're always going to get some tax revenues during the abatement period. Commissioner, this is Fink oh, Sorry, Finkel, I was just going to jump in and. 
Steve Kelly might also have some information on this, but I know that there are some communities that do 100% tax abatements, and there are certainly like Topeka, they have a fund where they offer cash, you know, um, to incentivize in addition to tax abatements. So I'm not saying we need to do either of those, but is it competitive? I think the answer is yes, it's competitive. Is it the absolute most competitive, or the, you know, the, the, the biggest giveaway, as, as you might say, or the most competitive? No. Um, and especially those communities that can offer offer cash. We sometimes offer a little bit of training money and some incentives and stuff, but maybe Steve can jump in there about maybe what Ottawa, I think, maybe does 100% sometimes and Shawnee County, I know, gives cash, but. Uh, yeah, Steve Kelly, Lawrence Chamber. Uh, Commissioner Finkeldy and, and Britt, I think, were on track. There is no standard. Uh, there are communities that are very aggressive and, and provide cash incentive and along with free land, uh, the abatements can range, you know, some range, some abatements are 100%, typically not for the full term. You know, there might be graduated abatements where it, it starts at the high level, maybe 100% and over the period, the 10 year period of the abatement kind of, of ratchets down. So there's no real standard. And I think you can always look at competitiveness in a lot of different ways. I think, at least from one perspective anyway, uh, while it may not be the strongest incentive, the the Catalyst program has certainly uh, led to some success that we weren't having before. So I think to at least that degree, it's kind of evidence that it's something that certainly the companies that have located or expanded in Lawrence and have used the Catalyst program, they felt it was attractive. And so I think that's to some degree uh, kind of answers the question. Uh, could there be more? Yes, there could always be a, you could always have a larger incentive, but I think in many cases it has made a difference for us. And so um, I would see it as a positive opportunity for us to continue it. And this, this is, is I'm sorry, this is Vice Mayor Larson, just real quick. I did want to add two other points that I think are important to remember um, that are positive points uh, to this program, bringing in the industrial properties or the manufacturers is that eventually um, once the tax abatements go away, that these properties will be paying the highest tax, one of the highest tax rates in Lawrence. And so that's, I think that's key to remember on that when you have $83 million worth of um, investment coming into our community. The other thing is that manufacturers have a tendency to have a very philanthropic focused idealism and they provide a lot of support for our social network here in Lawrence. So it's important that uh, we keep that in mind, I think, um, because they have provided the ones that have come in, you know, have done a good job of um, trying to get involved with the community and providing support, um, monetary support to some of our social service network. This is Commissioner Sellers, I, and I appreciate Vice Mayor Larson um, bringing that up, you know, especially reiterating the point on the abatement, abatement which I'm pretty familiar with, um, and also recognize that many of our companies do um, have that giving spirit in our community. I don't necessarily want to do anything to rattle that. I, I do believe the initial discussion was what can we do to, to sweeten the pot, um, and I know we've talked around it, it doesn't sound like, and I'm not necessarily feeling like 
at this point we need to. This is something we can always circle back to in six months or a year and say, hey, let's add it. I just wanted to at least get the conversation going, um, which it sounds like we kind of did a little bit. Um, I think the only other question I had, and this is more of an exploratory question, um, and I, I, I think it was Commissioner Finkeldy that brought up about training. And so, and I maybe, Steve, you could add a little bit of context to this too, but just doing some initial research, I know this is on the Chamber's legislative priorities, uh, but the kit Her program. So with that and, it, you know, how does that align with the Catalyst program and is there opportunities as we think about ways to sweeten the pot that we could we can utilize those two to, 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 to make us more attractive or to bring more businesses to utilize the program here in our community. Uh, Steve Kelly, Lawrence Chamber. Uh, Commissioner Stillers, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, certainly in the projects that we've discussed, a lot of the projects that have benefited from Catalyst have also been uh, users of, of various state programs and the training programs are certainly part of that. Um, I think really when you look at it, it's a combination of things. It's a partnership in the truest sense. You know, we have attractive community uh, and to the extent that we have property available that's of, of interest and would fit the needs of a company, uh, a program like Catalyst to kind of provide some encouragement. I think Peasley Tech also plays into this conversation as well. And, and for those many of us here, you know, there were times in the past where not having a training uh, institution uh, such as Peasley has cost us because we couldn't offer that kind of training in the community. And, and we have, I think, one of the, the finest examples of, of technical training in the state right now. So those are all part of it. And certainly partnering with the state, whether it's the training programs, which I hope they will enhance because they've been drastically underfunded for a period of years. Uh, the demands have, have continued to increase, the cost of training have increased, but the dollars have not uh, to keep up. I think those are all things that are part of this overall package. It's, you know, it's, it's having a great community that's located in a place that works for the company uh, in question. It's having, you know, a community that, that they see as an opportunity where it was attractive to employees, where they can bring employees in, where they can retain employees. And then it's the partnership, uh, you know, getting through the process. And, and that's a big part of Catalyst, having some certainty about how it's all going to turn out uh, and a timeline that they can plan around because that's always critical. Uh, but I do think that that whether it's the training programs or as any of the other incentive programs that the state offers, we need to partner with them. And we've tried to do that, I think, and have done that pretty effectively with the programs that have been mentioned this evening. They've been involved in, in virtually all, if not all of those programs. And so uh, I think what the state does to enhance their toolkit is very valuable and very important to us and our success as well. Commissioner Finkelheim, not to get too far afoot or too ahead of ourselves, but it, it does occur to me, you know, one of the things we've talked about is how getting that spec building in, you know, for Van Trust you know, in, in the in the park made a big difference. Even though it hasn't actually filled up as fast, it caused other people to say, this is what the park can look like. I can see some activity here. And, and it caused others to look, you know, I, 
when we do move to our next industrial park, which I know people are working on and we should be moving full steam ahead on, you know, it might be worth considering as part of this project, as part of the Catalyst program, you know, something that might catalyze that very first building. You know, maybe we give a, a, a an enhanced, you know, um, incentive for that very first building to go into that park. Not only would that help us attract somebody, but maybe create a little competition to be the first one in the new park. And again, maybe that would, would help us down the line. But anyway, that's way ahead of ourselves. But I do think it, it, it could be something to consider when we get to there. Mayor Shipley, I just want to be, yeah, be sure as we move on, and I hope someone's going to make a motion here, that, um, that, you know, if Britt and, and Diane are out there and, and they're seeing um, that a change could be made here on the ground, that they'll come to us. And um, we'll, um, I feel like we're, we're saying that, that this has been successful and we want to be flexible. Um, in using it in the future. So I hope that they will feel that we are supportive of that. Um, regardless, I'm pretty sure this is gonna go well here in a minute, but <laughs> I, I, I think we've all sent the most positive messages we could in this space. So is there any motions on this? Um, this is Vice Mayor Larson. I'll go ahead and do a motion, Mayor. Um, authorize a three-year extension for the Catalyst Incentive Program for Industrial Development to April 1st, 20 of 25. This is Commissioner Sellers. I second that motion. Uh, Mayor Shipley, I have first and a second. Vice Mayor Larson? Aye. Commissioner Sellers? Aye. Commissioner Finkeldye? Aye. Commissioner Littlejohn? Aye. Mayor Shipley, aye. That passes five to zero. Thank you all, everyone, for that discussion. Um, I hope that was helpful to staff. Um, uh, let's see, what do we got next? Um, Commission items. Um, uh, I had one thing I wanted to bring up, and I, I think another commissioner does too. Um, we need to meet um, with the new commissioners, with um, our city manager, uh, to give some some directions. So we'll need an executive session for that. Um, and I've, we've got that all set up, although I don't know that you've all been given the schedule for that um, yet. I couldn't send it. Staff has to send it. Um, uh, but I did want to see the amount of time, and I, I did get a request from one commissioner to have a good block of time, so I didn't know if an hour seemed like enough to have that conversation. The I believe the new commissioners are in possession of the documents that they will need to have that conversation, the documents that were made available to the um, other uh, three commissioners that were here prior to your being sworn in. So they have a couple weeks to acclimate them. So. More, more than a week to acclimate themselves with those documents. Does anyone have a feeling that an hour is enough or not enough? Commissioner Finkel, I think an hour would be a good amount of time. We've tried it in 30 minutes and it's hard to get very far. Okay. Minutes. <laughs> yeah. Mayor Shipley, great. Okay, so Sherry, is that everything you need to know? Yes, so we'll schedule that um, at the end of the meeting. For next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think there's at least one other commissioner who has some commissioner items. Anybody ready to go? This is Commissioner Sellers. I was looking around to see who that could possibly be, but 
I think we all kind of knew it was maybe me. Um, I do have a couple of items. I promised everyone that I was pacing myself. I'm kind of kicking the pace up just a little bit. Um, my first commission item is, um, uh, unless you uh, are like me and a glutton for punishment, you track the legislature. Um, you do know that last week, it seems like it was last week, it may have been two weeks, who knows, COVID time. Um, that the legislature did pass um, um, our congressional redistricting map um, at Astra 2, um, which are one of our Lawrence um, legislative delegates uh, politely put it as the walking elephant map that uh, puts the city of Lawrence into the first congressional district which means that congressional district spans all the way to the Colorado border. And so um, while it is likely a strong possibility that our governor may ve would veto that particular bill, you believe it was Senate Bill 355, my memory serves me correctly, don't quote me on that, so the minutes can't reflect that. Um, but in, in short, my ask is, um, because we are on the essence of time, the governor gets 10 days um, to veto a bill. And I imagine that that veto will come here fairly soon. But I think since the, that particular congressional district map targeted our city, and as Representative Ballard put it, separates family, um, I would behoove our um, city staff um, whether that's Craig, um, as well as to work with our mayor to draft a letter to the governor um, asking her to veto um, Senate Bill 355. And uh, with the rationale being that um, those rules that were uh, outlined in the redistricting, um, they do not meet mustard as far as what the congressional map was, was voted on. Um, but to be able to share with her our, our concerns for representation and the dilution, diluting of our representation in this particular map um, so that she knows that as a community, as a city, that we recognize what is going on and that uh, we don't necessarily um, support that. Um, that is my ask and I would like to, I do have a couple of other things, but I wanted to pause and get feedback from I did. I did ask um, the city manager about that, and he may want to. They may. They may already have a letter written, but I'll let him respond. Good evening, City Manager Craig Owens. Um, we we did review the legislative priority statement, and we think that the priorities that you sent out um, would would direct um, would give direction for our opposition to that. Uh, bill as as uh, laid out, unless somebody disagrees, it's your priority statement, but that was our reading of it, uh, the legislative priority statement. And there will be a number of actions throughout the legislative session where we would uh, communicate, um, you know, reiterate and communicate the intent of the city uh, through that position statement so that we can make timely um, interventions and communicate this, the, the position on various bills as they go through. Mayor Shipley, do you guys have something um, ready for me to sign tomorrow, for example? See, Manager, no. Uh, Craig Owens, no. Um, 
I'm not city manager, no, um, people <laughs> call me that, but no, uh, city manager Craig Owens, uh, we we can draft something relatively quickly. It's it's a it's a very specific um, item, and we would get that prepared for your signature um, first thing tomorrow. Was there something else, Commissioner Sellers? Oh yeah, I got two more. Um, ask number two. Um, in that same vein, um, I've I've shared on several occasions um, about the Spark Task Force. Um, the Smart Task Force is the state recovery office um, committee that has been charged by the governor to um, direct the spending of about $1.6 billion in um, emergency relief aid that um, we received through the federal government through ARPA. Um, that is different from the money that came directly from the federal government to the city and to the county. This is money that came directly to the state. And so the SPARC task force is essentially that governing body that is deciding what to do with that money. Um, recently, recently, I mean, it may have been last Thursday, the um, governor uh, in a statement highlighted that the SPARC task force um, has opened up a portal for individuals um, in communities. So on all different levels, local, um, NGO, of that sort to um, do what's called an investment idea portal. And so what they're looking for are um, municipalities and organizations to submit investment ideas, essentially tell them what you think they should spend the money on um, and how much that project is gonna cost, almost like turnkey projects um, based on which is about four four different tranches of money. Uh, not I wouldn't say tranches of money, but there's four different categories. So the first one is economic revitalization, um, health and education is another one, connectivity is another one, and then efficiency and modernization. And there are several bullets that kind of give you kind of a, a broad spectrum as to what could fall up under um, those four categories. And so um, this is a way by submitting investment ideas, this at least gets, puts us in, I don't wanna say it puts us in a running, but it makes that task force aware that our community is looking to this and we have turnkey ideas ready to go um, that could help persuade what funding is gonna look like. We don't know if it's gonna be an RFP, but at least this it gets our name in the system as um, so that the committee knows what different part, what parts of the community, what parts of the state are are ready to invest in these dollars, and so it kind of goes through the different asks. I want to say there's, you know, a section that once you know the region, what, um, which advisory panel, which of those four categories, is this an existing project? Um, are you supplementing it with additional dollars? And then there's a little bit of ask on an executive summary, things of that nature. What I would like to ask is for staff to review our, um, our CIP, since we already have a governing document, um, to look through our CIP to see if there are projects within the CIP that line within those four panels on the SPARC and to submit information, the CIP information 
um, into the portal um, as a way of, not just a way of getting our information in, but to show the state that we have projects ready to go and that we have an ability to utilize those funds that are going to be a benefit to our, our community and speaks to that. And so this is a way um, for us to supplement dollars um, to move projects forward. Um, I do believe there are several projects on our CIP that align with that, as well as some projects within some of our, our boards and commission, if you think about AHAB, um, that align with this well. And so I really would like, the, the big piece of this is that the deadline to submit ideas is February 16th. So um, we would need to task um, city staff with, with moving on that fairly quickly to review the CIP and to, um, to provide some, um, to be able to provide comments or, or at least submit, submit those ideas to the portal on that. So I'll pause and um, if any commissioners or since Craig came off video, came on video, if he had anything he wanted to ask. Uh, this is Commissioner Wiljohn. I, I think that's a great idea by Commissioner Sellers, uh, especially considering this. Um, right now, we are really dependent upon ARPA and other revenue streams to go ahead and get us by during, you know, the situation that we are in, pandemic, and any sort of help that we can get would be a benefit. So um, I, I'm, I'm really, I would commend Commissioner Sellers for uh, that idea, and uh, hopefully we can have our staff uh, look into it as well. Mayor Shibley Craig, is staff already working on this? Do they have capacity to do that in this timeline? City Manager Craig Owens, um, I, I did talk with um, Commissioner Sellers uh, today, and um, I've looked at the site. I think you know it's not an onerous process of submission, and as she acknowledges, we have um, really good plans uh, in place in this community. So I, I do think we can fit some things in, um, and like I think I'm coming to understand, these are kind of high-level um, getting ideas um, kind of forms versus you know deep dive. Um, all the plans being developed and laid out. So I think we have capacity at that at that level uh, to submit some things that are already part of our plans in this community and that I think tightly fit with uh, the priorities of the SPARC program. There was another program, base program, that was a Department of Commerce that um, has been uh, pointed out as well that we, we were, took a look at today. So, um, and uh, we also are in touch with the chamber and the county and uh, other community partners as well, who I think are positioning themselves uh, in our community for uh, success with these various programs. Um, I do want to, before I let uh, Commissioner Sellers continue, I think she might have one more thing. I did want to say, I see you, Commissioner Littlejohn. <laughs> You're next. I saw you. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Commissioner. Commissioner, I'm sorry, Commissioner Sellers, were you done or do okay. you have one more thing? I have one more thing, but I I can wait or if Commissioner yeah. Lodon would like to speak. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's been, I'll try to make mine very quick, Commissioner Littlejohn. Um, I know that before it seemed that the uh, staff was, I think they proposed it a kind of a 
uh, nebulous, not nebulous, but a timeline out there of about end of February, beginning of March to uh, present us more information on the parklet program. And I just wanted to uh, just bring that up again, uh, just to, you know, I not necessarily that you have that information right now, just to kind of keep it on the calendar, just to make sure that we can keep that ball rolling um, because uh, soon enough it'll be uh, nicer weather out there and more people want to be eating outside and um, it'll be, uh, you know, front and center. So uh, I just want to make sure that we're on task with that. Great, thank you. Um, anything else on let Commissioner Sellers finish? Got something? No, that's it. Go ahead, um, Commissioner. All right, last one, and I'll make this really quick. So, um, in reviewing, um, I went back to look at a few of the commission meetings prior to our swearing in. And there was one particular meeting where um, the commission discussed. Um, in regards to the the um, Clean Indoor Air Act um, and how it's centered in around vaping. And so um, it looked like in the meeting that I had watched, there was a um, motion to defer. And so wanted to see if staff could um, circle back to that. Um, and in addition, I know there was some discussion around the um, with that around the uh, tobacco retail licensing. And so um, there's a group, um, our Live Well, Douglas County, and that was, um, had came and spoke on, on that and was doing some work with uh, staff on drafting that language. And so wanted to um, see if city staff could bring that back to us, um, uh, what they've worked on as far as the draft language around the um, Indoor Act as related to vaping. Um, but to also um, look into um, adding some additional language to that as a, uh, as it's centered around the tobacco retail licensing um, and to work um, with the group at Live Well to help um, us help them put that together to see what that would look like in combination so that as a commission, we can review that item and possibly have some action on it. Um, here and so um, wanted to at least put a timeline on it. I didn't know if if it's a couple of weeks, maybe by let's see, maybe by our third meeting, by the meeting on the fifteenth, if we could have um, city staff work with live well on um, bringing back that draft language around the vaping and the tobacco retail license and as it relates to the Clean Indoor Air um, Act. Uh, Mayor Shively, um, my, some of my recollection was we were supposed to revisit that by the end of last year. And, and I think that was left uh, with um, Maria Garcia, but maybe Tony can help remind us um, and, and make sure that staff is ready to bring us something in that timeline. I don't see Maria Garcia, so. Um, this is sorry. This is commission. So I do believe it was, and I've been in contact with with Maria. Um, I know she shared some of the initial language. Um, so if, if that's something that she would be tasked with, I guess Tony can speak to that. City Attorney Tony Wheeler. 
Um, yes, this was a matter that was discussed um, prior to the this commission being seated, and it was deferred. Um, I would say that um, this was um, a measure that was driven by uh, an outside entity. And um, as you know, we are focusing our efforts on um, work of the commission as identified in the strategic plan. So um, if the commission has identified this as a strategic plan priority, then, um, you know, that that is sort of how we are working our, that's how we're structuring our work plan right now. So it has been put on pause um, for, at the staff level at this time. Now, could it bring, be brought back? Um, that is possible. I think two weeks is a, a little bit of a short turnaround um, for our legal staff at the moment because of some other matters that we have pending right now that we'll be discussing in executive session with you, but um, we, we await direction. Uh, Craig, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. Mayor. Go ahead. <laughs> um, thank you. I, and I'm happy. We, we will we will look back on the history of this. I'm certainly not bound by the history. This commission is its own. It sets its own direction. But uh, my my recollection, it, just in my short time, we've we've uh, addressed this two or three times, uh, at least. And uh, I thought that there was some uh, effort to ask the. Um, live well and there was another um another player that was doing some work to help gather public input on this and was going to when they kind of completed some of that work they were going to approach us and i may be misremembering but i think that was a piece of this as well so i thought it had an external time frame to it as well um and what Ms. Wheeler said is true too. We are really focusing where we are on our proactive uh, pursuit of the strategic plan initiative. So it, if if we if that becomes an initiative, it would be good to have that direction from the city commission so that we can we can establish that priority. Um, Mayor Shipley, so um, I, I'm aware that they did do public engagement. Um, uh, I'm sure they could do more. They did not have access to what we would normally use um, or, or you know, Porter didn't have capacity to do what I think we are expecting that to look like at, our, at when it comes to our level. Um, like, you know, we they didn't do a Lawrence lessons or anything like that. They went around to groups, it sounds like. Um, so I think they've done, it sounded to me like they've done what they could in terms of public engagement um, when I look at the strategic plan, though, um, your question is a valid one, and I wonder where this fits in our in our outcomes. Um, you know, we can certainly say we probably need more public engagement on it. Um, do, I don't know. Uh, Commissioner Finkelstein, do you have a feeling about where this could fit in our framework? Well, Commissioner Finkelstein, um, two things. One, I would um, agree that the rec, you know, that that the groups that were talking about this did go out and do, um, you know, and we asked them to as part of the deferral to go get some more information. Remember, there's two parts to this. One, as I recall, 
was adding vaping to our indoor um, smoking ban, which in and of itself is fairly easy, but there were some issues related to the penalty provision on that. The second is the retail licensing, which of course is more complex on one hand. Um, and so we did ask them to go get feedback on, on both those topics. And I think they've had that. And I think, I think part of what Commissioner Sells is asking is that they're ready to present that to us. So I guess my thought would be more so than having staff bring us something back in two weeks or whenever that date is, is to have them, you know, bring back one, the results of their, of their, uh, of what we ask them to do, which is to go out and have community engagement. And two, I, you know, they had language that they were ready to present and ask for us for consideration. I mean, I, I think that's what they could bring out and that wouldn't necessarily have asked staff to do anything except for this new commission to see that language and, and to consider it. And then we could you know, take it from there is what my thought is. Now, how it relates to the strategic plan, um, you know, I, I have not analyzed that except to say, you know, I want to get rid of the smoking ban because it doesn't in our strategic plan somewhere. You know, I think adding vaping to the to it is something um, that's important, even if it doesn't lay right in the words of our strategic plan. So, um, but otherwise, I haven't really looked closely at it from that 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 framework. Uh, Vice Mayor, yeah, I'm, I'm having a uh, a struggle with a couple other items like this that maybe don't fit. Um, in the box we created, but I then become concerned we're not being responsive to something that's probably um, highly supported in the community and ultimately not a huge commitment of time. Um, and and this is, I think, kind of an example. So I feel like by not addressing it because it's not, you know, exactly safe and secure, it's a little bit safe and secure, but um, and then I feel like we're not being responsive um, to something that's really not a huge struggle. Does it, I don't know. Do you have any other feelings about that? This is Commissioner Sellers. I was going to say I was I was gonna, when looking at this because I did when I talked to the group. I wanted to look at this from the lens of the strategic plan and i did initially look at safe and secure as it relates to equity and inclusion because of the implications around vaping and um the the disproportion the disproportionality impact on youth and how black and brown youth are disproportionately impacted by um uh whether it's uh i'm drawing a blank here as it relates to penalties, um, whether it's penalties for possession or things of that nature, as well as the equity inclusion piece that relates to the back, to the tobacco retail license, um, as the punitive piece of it, whether it's the individual and not necessarily the actual business owner. And so, um, so I think that is something that the Live Well group, as well as I do believe it was the American Heart Association could bring to us to help us, you know, to one, share the language, help us understand um, what that means and relates to vaping and our clean indoor um, ordinance and what having those two together 
brings, uh, how it relates to a safe and secure, uh, how it relates under safe and secure. So whether because of where we're at right now with capacity, the language is not there. I would like at least for them to come and at least speak to us about some of the, the acute, not some, the acute, uh, community engagement that they've done to refresh us on the TRL as well as for us to revisit the language around the vaping so that maybe we can at that time assess and continue to move, you know, whether we want to move this forward or have staff look at something different or, you know, if it's the, the pleasure of the commission to defer again. Um, but I think that, you know, it was deferred before under direction of feedback, they, they've done the work. So I think we owe it to them to have them come back and to report out what they've done since then and for us to make a decision to either continue this process or not. This is uh, Vice Mayor Larson. I would um, I would agree that it's it's a good time for them to come back and present to us. Um, uh, and as far as finding a date to do that, I was just looking at our future agenda, and the fifteenth has quite a quite a few items on it. Um, so I would be hesitant about doing it that soon. But for, if are they ready to to go ahead and present? Do you know, um, Commissioner Sellers? This is Commissioner Sellers. Based on the conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago, um, I, they they are ready to to present. I think they were anticipating that was going to happen prior to the close of the year, and it didn't. And so this was an opportunity for them to engage and to see if they could get an audience with the commission again. Vice Mayor Larson, because next week. It, there doesn't seem to be quite as heavy of a schedule, so I don't know if that would be too soon for them. Um, but I, yeah, I would be definitely amenable to having them come back and report what they found, and then we can have a you know more detailed discussion then. This is Commissioner Sellers. I I imagine if we reach out, I, I they may be able to accommodate that since they've been waiting for two months already. Um, I'm hearing three people that support that. Any other support for that? Commissioner Finkeldy, uh, Commissioner Littlejohn, you comfortable with that? Sure, Commissioner Littlejohn, that works for me. Okay. Um, I think uh, looking at the calendar, I'll wait. I think we have Dr. Muhammad um, next week, but uh, I think we have some room. So um, that works. Um, okay, who I, who am I leaving that with? Craig or Tony? Who who's who's on that spot? City Manager Craig Owens. Um, I haven't heard from anybody. I think they must have been working with somebody in legal staff, but we haven't from a staff side. I don't believe that anybody's been in contact with them. So they, they can contact my office, and we'll get them scheduled. We'll find out whoever it is that needs to get on, uh, uh, and and get them scheduled. Great. Thank you, Craig. Mayor Shipley. Um, I've got a couple items. Are there any other things from commission commissioners? Okay, so this is kind of a little bit in that vein. And I did speak about this with um, 
Craig and Vice Mayor Larson, and it's about um, some ideas from some neighborhood groups that got together to try to figure out how to do their funding. And sort of the recommendation in that conversation that we had was to forward it to Porter since he's the community engagement person. And then I got a little uncomfortable because I felt like I was just one person asking Porter to do something. Um, so I wondered if um, if it maybe if we needed to have a discussion about it or um, if I had a couple other people who um, remember that I can't email you all at the same time, of course. So. I might need staff to resend that information so that you're familiar with it. I think they have sent it to you all, but it's probably been a month or right when you came in. Um, but it's regarding, um, you know, we changed the way we fund neighborhood groups. Um, they used to get their money from CDBG for their coordinators or their newsletters. We've made a commitment to um, fund that out of our general fund but we haven't really identified a way to dole that money out. Um, and, and some of their, there's very extensive suggestions, but I think as regards to the budget, which I think is the important part, is they've made some suggestions that doesn't just create space for them to get their money organized neighborhoods, but also possibly fund neighborhoods that are trying to get established. So they were trying to make it more equitable and available to other organizations. But again, there needs to be um, uh, the engagement piece um, with the neighborhood groups and, and other stakeholders. So I just wanted to see if there was interest here to, um, to forward that to the engagement level, um, knowing that you know our engagement person already has quite a lot on their plate or um, how we might wanna address that, um, particularly getting to the run up of you know, getting the budget coordinated. Commissioner Finkeldie, I mean, I guess I, I did think it was going to be part of the budget process one way or the other. I guess I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to happen, but I knew we had said we staff will bring something back. Craig turned his camera on again, so maybe <laughs> Craig has an update on that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I, are you saying you want maybe to have a more robust engagement earlier or? Well, well I think uh, if I recall uh, for this year, we're just funding them the way that we had previously. And so I think what they're suggesting is kind of an outline. There's some long-term things, but I think in the short term, some ideas for budgeting for next year that um, gives, you know, uh, higher thresholds for them to apply to us for these funds and to know what they're doing with the funds and um, to be more cooperative with the city and the use of the funds or, um, or taking advantage of other things, um, working with the city, um, you know, economy of scale or things like that, that we could be collaborating a lot more on that space. Um, but the conversation has to start somewhere. We have to give them a person to talk to um, and get them to start that conversation. Um, and so that's kind of where I think I'm trying to get to is this is something we've said we care about neighborhoods. Um, and we've made a commitment previously to um, fund certain activities, um, but we haven't really outlined an equitable way to share that funding in the future or to disperse that funding in the future. So how can I get them involved with staff and having those conversations? 
Commissioner Finkelai, um, well, again, maybe we should ask Craig. My understanding last year when we looked at this is staff said they would bring us back something next year in the budget. And so, yeah, I do expect that to happen, I guess. I mean, for them to bring us something. So I guess that's what I was kind of, you know, maybe Craig knows where the process is now. Maybe I'll leave it at that. City Manager Craig Owens. Um, yeah, I, I'm familiar with the outline that a couple of the neighborhood leaders sent us. That's what we're talking about, right, Mayor? Um, and um, I know some of the key staff members that will be working on that uh, have very full plates, um, but it's our—it's not our intention to ignore it. It's just our intention to try and build programs. Obviously, th theirs was not designed necessarily to fit in on how we communicate in the public engagement process that we are obligated to do throughout the whole community. Um, it, it was pretty tightly specific to neighborhood groups and that's meritorious. We want to work through that stuff, but to say that um, we, we have a specific engagement plan with these couple of um, neighborhood leaders. I, I don't know when that can happen. We, we can do it tomorrow, but how do we have the ability to bring together all the rest of the planning. I can defer to Porter on that, but rather than trying to figure that all out tonight and be responsive, could I just say that we, we will endeavor to meet with these community leaders and um, to work with them on how they can influence and flavor our program. Um, it, it's, it's just a matter of where the priority is. So we'd be happy to meet with them within the next couple of weeks. Um, if that's what you're trying to suggest the direction be. Um, yeah, I, I think the dialogue needs to begin. If it needs to move on to a, a broader um, amount or if like the this other group that we've just discussed, if, if they need to be asked to do some public engagement on their own and then come back, that's fine. We just need to at least get the ball rolling and the discussion happening between them and staff. Um, but again, I want to make sure that other commissioners um, are concerned about this as a budget item and, and, and as an interest group and as a part of our strategic plan. <laughs> um, I will make the argument that strong and welcoming neighborhoods just is what it is and, and they fit in that space. So, Mayor, if I may, Jeff Craig, Director of Planning and Development Services, just wanted to share that we do have an upcoming meeting to talk about that and developing that program in the planning and development services work plan for the year. So we do have that underway. You have a meeting scheduled in the next um, week, or excuse me, two weeks uh, to have that meeting and start having that discussion. So we are underway and trying to get that, that ball moving forward. Great, thank you. Um, the other thing, and I'm gonna do this kind of a different way than I have in the past, um, um, through some discussion with other people and suggestions, um, uh, it will not surprise you to know that I'm going to bring up sidewalks again. But uh, one suggestion someone gave me was rather than opening the whole can of worms, which I'm always happy to do, would be to suggest that um, it be um, lined out as a CIP item, a possible CIP item, no less than if a member of the public put something on our CIP. Um, as well, there's a number of things, we don't actually know what the number is um, four sidewalks across the city. Um, we pay for them consistently all the time. 
Uh, we did it last week. And in fact, we just voted to pay for some today. Um, but we don't do it in an equitable way. We've never done public engagement on it. Um, it does treat some um, landowners differently than others. That is concerning to me. Um, but we've also never seen um, a comprehensive number. We do have some LIDAR statistics that we have never been reported to us um, completely. Um, so I wanted to see if that was a possibility to, sh to show it as a CIP item. If it makes the cut, it makes the cut. If we like it, we don't like it. It fits in our metrics or it doesn't. Um, but that was a suggestion given to me to show it kind of in a different way. Um, and, and in addition, if the new commissioners are concerned about our sidewalk policy or know nothing about it, I'm always happy to talk about it. Um, but if they're not interested in having that as a topic, I think it it hits a number of items in our comprehensive plan um, very differently than in the past and that reevaluating it is entirely within um, what's appropriate um, considering its importance to sustainability and transportation. Um, so I just thought I would gauge and see what the new commissioners thought, if I could re-engage um, other commissioners on thinking about it maybe in a different way. Commissioner Littlejohn, uh, I'm always willing to talk about it. I mean, I, so I'd say, you know, it's, I guess, I don't know what, what you want, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm open. I need two other people to care <laughs> enough about sidewalks to talk about it. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> this is Commissioner Sellers. Um, I would like to say, I would say in, in addition to, um, your faithful campaign efforts around um, sidewalks. I, I, there's been other conversations that I've had that they've come up in, and uh, you know, it's always worth engaging and understanding what the value, what value they bring to our community. How do we measure that against um, a healthy debate of is it, you know, is it a is it a public use? Is it is a form of health and wellness? Is it transportation? I think the conversation can go either way and I'm always here for a good debate. Um, so um, I would be interested in discussion on it only if we could um, change our language and um, instead of saying sidewalks, maybe use pedestrian connection. I think maybe this topic is is the need of a, of a, a little bit of a zhuzhin and so Maybe instead of saying we're here to talk about sidewalks, maybe we're here to talk about pedestrian connections. Great. Um, thank you for that. Um, so, Craig, I've, I've got a little bit of support for a revisit. Is there a way we could maybe make it a um, study session item where there's a review of kind of the history and what the inconsistencies are? Um, City Manager Craig Owens, so if I, I I thought I understood initially that you were talking about a CIP project um, and what I was interpreting was that that would be for the city to, to pay for the sidewalks versus the established program, uh, which um, had 
which I won't describe any further, but it, um, it, to contrast that and budget for those and see what that would be. Um, if you'd like to open it up for a broader conversation, yes, that would be a work session item. And we certainly could do a, a staff presentation on to, to describe what the existing program is, maybe a little bit of its history and what it does. And then uh, certainly we can uh, compare and contrast what a fully funded sidewalk program might look like and um, the differences between those two programs, some of the strengths and weaknesses of each approach. Um, we could do that. Um, I, I would probably want uh, 30 to 60 days to do that, uh, to make that preparation, even though I think we've talked about the sidewalk program a number of times. Uh, we, we have been updating it occasionally and that probably would work in that time frame. And yeah, also just to clarify, in the context of our strategic plan, again, um, we haven't talked about it in that context at all or through that lens, and I think it's going to make a huge difference in the way we talk about it. So is that something you can fit in our 30 to 60 days? Is that what you said? Yes, we'll, we'll schedule something for a work session on that. Thank you. Any other commission items? All right, let's see. Um, uh, oh, the city manager's report. Thank you, City Manager Craig Owens. Um, I'll draw your attention primarily to, uh, although we've, we've talked about the uh, agenda and a future discussion and work session items, um, we do appreciate having um, conversations like this so that we can get these scheduled and we can know what's coming up. Um, the first item on the meter billing, uh, obviously nobody likes mistakes. There were some substantial mis, uh, mistakes based on the incompatibility of our uh, the meters that we're upgrading and some equipment for commercial level meters, not for residential meters. So uh, this is kind of the nature of doing these upgrades and some technology incompatibility. So we tried to lay that all out here for you and for the public. Obviously the affected uh, customers, we are um, very sensitive to we've worked with them closely. We've done uh, multiple levels of mitigation on not only to catch anything else that might have been a mistake, but then also to put uh, processes in place as we transition these meters to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But we wanted to disclose that to you and we wanted to make sure the public understood that uh, we found a problem and we corrected it. Happy to answer any questions on that or any of these other um, items. Uh, any questions or comments? Uh, this is a public comment item. Sherry, is there anyone there in the um, in City Hall or, or online? No, Mayor. All right. Um, yeah, let's go ahead. Real quick. Um, Craig, I certainly appreciate it. You know, obviously that item number one. The only other thing I'd add to it from what I um, got a few calls about was that in addition to kind of the technical side of that, um, you know, as always, we need to continue to address our, you know, customer service side of that. I mean, there was some, you know, pretty significant bills that people were receiving for several months that they tried to get rectified and it eventually did, but, you know, we need to be, you know, 
again, not pointing any fingers, but you know, we need to have that part of the, the solution too is the customer service side of that, as well as the technical answers. City Manager Craig Owens, uh, Commissioner, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, it's not obviously not the level of service that we uh, expect or hope to, to provide. All right, thank you. Um, calendar items, any calendar items for commissioners? <clears throat> Has everyone gotten all their information from Bobby on the many things we <laughs> could be doing this year after all these years of not doing anything, the inner city visit and and League of or the National League of Cities. Everybody got all the information they need. Looks like it. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're all getting everything we need. Um, uh, now we will move into an executive session. Um, does anyone have a motion? Who wants to read? <laughs> Who wants to read all this for me? Um, this is Commissioner Sellers. I would love to read it all, but I will yield. <laughs> well, Commissioner Finkel die. Uh, two things real quick. One, we probably should put that Indo City thing on the calendar, but the chamber, it's not on the calendar. Sherry, that might be something you put on the, the calendar. Second, since we only have 60 minutes, sometimes we do we want to take a 10 minute break, come back and make the motion and then have this, the full 60 minutes. Is that great? Well, five minute break. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's take a 10 minute break and come back and make the motion. Thank you, um, Commissioner. I appreciate Plus, that. Plus, Commissioner Sellers can get ready then <laughs> <laughs> to make the motion. Yes, I can practice. <laughs> uh, let's return at 7.47. Sherry? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you were just talking just to be talking or, you know, just he's keeping keep, it interesting. He's keeping me on track. <laughs> Make sure I know what time it is. I need a lot of help. Uh, Mayor, have, we're ready. We're yeah, ready. Yeah, 747. I'm, I'm looking for Commissioner Sellers to turn her camera on for Sherry. Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, all right, um, Vice Mayor Shipley, we're returning to our meeting. Um, let's do roll. Uh, Vice Mayor Larson? Here. Commissioner Finkeldye? Here. Commissioner Littlejohn? Here. Commissioner Sellers? Present. Uh, Mayor Shipley, I am also here. Um, I think Commissioner Sellers is going to make a motion for us here. Yes, I am, or at least I'm going to try to butcher my way through it. So, um, <laughs> Commissioner Sellers, um, I move that we recess into an executive session for approximately 60 minutes to discuss privileged legal communications from the city's attorneys regarding pending and potential litigation pursuant to KSA 7543.19, paragraph B, subsection 2. The justification for the executive session is to keep attorney-client privilege matters confidential at this time. The City Commission meeting will resume in its virtual format in accordance with resolution number 7388 at the conclusion of the executive session. Commissioner Finkeldye, second. I have a uh, Mayor Shipley, I have a first and a second. Uh, Commissioner Sellers. 
Aye. Commissioner Finkeldy? Aye. Vice Mayor Larson? Aye. Commissioner Littlejohn? Aye. Mayor Shipley, aye. Um, we will return in one hour. Thank you. That's a cruel joke. <laughs> Are we are we ready? We have one more minute here. Or what's my time? We're ready here, Mayor. Oh, there she is. Okay, good. Um, I think we might need to do roll first. However, um, Vice Mayor Larson, I'm here. Here. Uh, Commissioner Fingledy. Here. Commissioner Littlejohn. Here. Commissioner Sellers. Present. Mayor Shipley, I am also here. Um, we have had a briefing from city attorneys on some different items. Um, I need to, um, uh, I make a motion to direct the city attorney to file the appropriate court documents to take action against Lawrence Entertainment LLC doing business as All Stars and related parties. Do I have a second? Yeah, Commissioner Larson, second. Um, Mayor Shipley, um, first, aye. Vice Mayor Larson? Aye. Commissioner Finkeldy? Aye. Commissioner Littlejohn? Aye. Commissioner Sellers? Aye. That motion passes um, five to zero. Our next item is the adjournment. Does anyone have any motions to adjourn? Commissioner Littlejohn, I motion to adjourn. Commissioner Larson, second. I have a first and second. Commissioner Littlejohn? Aye. Vice Mayor Larson? Aye. Commissioner Fingleday? Aye. Commissioner Sellers? Aye. Mayor Shipley, aye. Thank you all very much for being with us this evening. Have a great night. Be safe tonight. Yeah.